You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. Big news from around the conference. As a couple of SEC standouts will not participate in the Senior Bowl this week. Also, LSU has found its defensive coordinator. We'll hit on all of that in around the conference. Also, one glaring weakness each SEC team must fix in 2021. Really good article from our friends over at Saturday Down South. We'll tell you what they said for all 14 SEC football teams. And lastly, a quick look at the SEC basketball slate tonight. Some big games happening across the conference. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, let's jump right into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. According to Dane Brugler of The Athletic, quarterback Kyle Trask has an ankle injury and is not going to participate in the Senior Bowl this week. Trask would have had the luxury of throwing to two of his teammates on the American team in Mobile had he been healthy. Kadarius Toney, Trevon Grimes both set to play this week on that team. But in addition to to that, uh, Florida safety Sean Davis also on the American team roster. But some bad news for Kyle Trask, as a lot of folks were really interested to see what he could do, that poor performance in the Cotton Bowl against Oklahoma. A lot of scouts were saying, all right, here's his chance to go show what he could do at the Senior Bowl. But Trask is out. You have to wonder how much that will hurt his NFL draft stock with only a pro day. Remember, the combine is not happening this year for a lot of the uh, draft-eligible players. Now, also, our buddy Seth Emerson tweeted out yesterday that Georgia defensive back Richard LeCount is also not on the Senior Bowl roster anymore. Emerson said LeCount may not be playing because of lingering issues or injuries from his motorcycle accident back in October. SI says it's it's significant uh, for LeCount to miss the Senior Bowl for a number of reasons. For one, obviously, the scouting combine will be held virtually, so no on-field drills for players to participate. While LeCount would not have blown anyone away with his measurables, there was a good chance he could stood could have stood out among the safety group as a versatile playmaker in the Senior Bowl. So that means both those guys, Kyle Trask and Richard LeCount, are going to miss big opportunities this week in Mobile. But a ton of SEC players will be participating. We'll update you throughout the week on who stands out the most and who's getting the eyes of some of those NFL scouts. Over at LSU, they have reportedly found their new defensive coordinator. LSU is expected to hire Minnesota Vikings defensive backs coach Durante Jones as their new D.C. Jones spent a year with the Vikings after two seasons with both the Bengals and the Dolphins. He will replace Bo Pelini, who was fired after just one year at LSU. Jones met Sunday and Monday in Baton Rouge with Coach O and others. Last coach in college five years ago when he was with Wisconsin, Puts their defensive backs under then-coordinator Dave Aranda, who then went to LSU. Jones is 41 years old. He's coached DBs at Hawaii, UCLA, and in the CFL. His last coordinator experience came at Division II Bowie State. A little bit of a gamble, a little bit of an unknown. 
But Tarante Jones with a big opportunity to show what he can do. Hey, can't get much worse than how bad LSU's defense was last year. Even if he does an average job, he'll look like a genius. If you recall, LSU initially targeted Marcus Freeman from the University of Cincinnati, who instead took the open job at Notre Dame. School then pursued Saints defensive line coach Ryan Nielsen, who played, for, played D-line for Coach O at USC. But Nielsen remained with the Saints because of a stipulation in his contract. So Durante Jones, the new LSU defensive coordinator. Over at Tennessee, former four-star linebacker J.J. Peterson has reportedly entered the transfer portal. That comes on the heels of Wanya Morris, Henry Toa Toa, Eric Gray, and others all left the program after Coach Jeremy Pruitt's firing. Peterson was the top recruit in the Vols' 2018 class. He was the number three outside linebacker and the number seven overall recruit from the state of Georgia. He did not see any action last season, but in 2018 and 2019, he appeared in 17 games, recording 12 tackles. Some good news for the Vols, however, as offensive lineman Darnell Wright announced he is staying at Tennessee. Wright and his teammate Wanya Morris, they were both five-star offensive linemen in the class of 2019, but as Morris is already transferring to Oklahoma, Wright, who started 16 games on Rocky Top, he'll be back next season. Another former Vol safety, Key Lawrence, was the number five safety in last year's class. He has announced he's also transferring to Oklahoma along with Wanya Morris. And speaking of Tennessee, ESPN's Chris Lowe released uh, two head coaching candidates to keep an eye on. He said Clemson offensive coordinator Tony Elliott and SMU head coach Sonny Dykes could be in the running for the head job at Tennessee. He also added Penn State head coach James Franklin could be a home run hire if they could somehow convince him to leave Happy Valley. But as one of my Vols friends said, I'm glad we helped James Franklin leverage us for locker room renovations at Penn State. <laughs> that is uh, what's happening there at uh, Penn State. Missouri, they are in the process of hiring Jethro Franklin as their new defensive line coach. Franklin is a guy with a ton of NFL experience, including most recently with the Seattle Seahawks. Coach Eli Drinkwitz mentioned the hiring, speaking with the media yesterday, as they introduced new defensive coordinator to Steve Wilkes, who of course was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals just two years ago, was let go after a year in favor of Cliff Kingsbury. But some solid names that Eli Drinkwitz is adding to his staff in Mizzou. Over at Alabama, they officially named former Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Doug Marone as their new offensive co- offensive line coach. Rather, well, He's a longtime friend of their new offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, who was the former Texans coach. And uh, Doug Marone is going to get a ton of talent to work with there in Tuscaloosa. So a couple of fired, two fired NFL head coaches this past season, now part of as assistants on Nick Saban's staff at Alabama. The rich just get richer for the Tide. And that is around the conference. When we return, we're going to run through that SDS article on 11 glaring weaknesses each SEC team must fix in 2021. Hey, guys, we've been telling you all about betonline.ag. We got the football season winding down. Of course, only one game remains. That is the Super Bowl. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. That is betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code LOCKEDON 
for your 50% welcome bonus. I'm on their website right now. I'm looking at some of the lines. They've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a three and a half point underdog. Kansas City Chiefs, three and a half point favorites. If you like that line or you want to get in on the over under or whatever you want to do for the Super Bowl, they're going to have tons of different bets on there. They'll also have daily college basketball lines. So if you want to get on some of the SEC games tonight, you can do that as well. It is betonline.ag. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It is betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today. It's a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. You can start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I wanted to get into this because I was reading this yesterday. I thought it was really good uh, from our buddies over at Saturday Down South. One glaring weakness each SEC team must fix in 2021. Real quick, we're going to run through each one. that will start in the West. Alabama, it's kind of a funny one. They said kicking touchbacks is the flaw that Alabama must fix next year. They said but finding a flaw in this Alabama program Required a fair amount of digging, but one thing that stood out is that Alabama doesn't do touchbacks on kickoffs. Out of 110 kickoffs by Alabama, only 23 of them were touchbacks last season. Ole Miss, Vandy, and South Carolina were the only other SEC teams that did not have touchbacks from half or more of their kickoffs. Over at Arkansas, they said special teams needs to get better. Sam Pittman, obviously, a nice year one there, but one thing that Might be a difference in year two. Arkansas was near the bottom of the SEC in virtually every special teams category, whether it was net punting, punt returns, place kicking, field goal average. The Hawks struggled. No doubt some of that is an issue of a new coach looking to fill his roster with guys uh, across the roster. So we'll see what Arkansas can do special teams-wise next year. Over at Auburn, their one glaring weakness, Bo Nix. Auburn finished 11th in the SEC in passing efficiency. Not only was Arkansas better, so was Mizzou, Tennessee, and even Vanderbilt. Given Bo Nix and Seth Williams, that absolutely should not have happened. The inefficiency of Auburn's offense last year could be uh, something to keep an eye on as Brian Hartson comes in and needs to decide very quickly if Bo Nix is going to be his guy moving forward. For LSU, their one glaring weakness, it's defense. It's a stop us if you heard this one, but LSU has had some problems getting on the getting off the field in 2020 defensively. How bad was it? They were 13th in the SEC in total defense, 10th in scoring defense, 10th in rushing defense, and 13th in passing defense. Everything the Tigers touched turned to gold in 2020. Last year, it was a complete opposite, and now they have their new defensive coordinator. They're going to look to get that fixed. Over at Ole Miss, their one glaring weakness, very much in the same as LSU. Defense. Lane Kiffin going to have that high-powered offense once again. We know how good he does there, but the Ole Miss defense was not very good. USA Today noted in October, Ole Miss 
was paying four defensive coordinators, including two they were paying to coach elsewhere. Lane Kiffin needs to make some adjustments and some changes. Even if they can get to middle of the pack, Ole Miss can win a lot of games next year, as bad as that defense was this past season. One glaring weakness for Mississippi State, it's running the ball. Look, Mike Leach runs the air raid. He wants to throw it around. But there was a big gap between them and the league's 13th best, best rushing team, Vanderbilt, which rushed for a not-all-that-imposing 110 yards per game. Mississippi State rushed for 36 yards per game and two yards per carry in 2020. And before you say, you know, Leach teams don't run the ball well, in 2018 he won 11 games at Washington State while rushing for 78 yards per game, but this is not the the Pac-12. He's got to find a way to get a run game, balance it out a little bit for the Bulldogs to win games next year. Last team in the West, Texas A&M. Their return game is their one glaring weakness. The Aggies didn't have a lot of weaknesses last year. Kellen Mond at times was average to good. But one odd thing that stood out was A&M was really bad returning kicks. They simply didn't return many kickoffs at all. They only took back three kicks all year for a total of 30 yards. The punt return game was... Similarly sleepy, contributing a long return of just 22 yards and fewer than 100 total punt return yards. If the Aggies are looking to find some ground to make up on Alabama, they can do so by shortening the field. Maybe get some good kick returns next year. Over in the east, Florida's glaring glaring weakness gave it away there. It's their defense. In the west, defense is a thing that held LSU and Ole Miss back this past season. For Florida, it was their defense. It wasn't awful. It just didn't match up to their red-hot offense. In the final regular season numbers, Florida was 7th in the SEC in scoring defense and total defense, 6th in rushing defense, ninth in passing defense. They allowed just under 31 points per game. That's actually the worst stat in school history. The Gators had never allowed 30 points per game before. Now, if they do that again, Todd Grantham is going to be coaching elsewhere. I thought by the end of the season or after that bowl game, Todd Grantham would be on a bus first thing out of town, but Dan Mullen giving him a pass and bringing him back. He's got to prove it this year. One glaring weakness for Georgia, play the right quarterback. We know Kirby Smart ended up going with the game manager, Stetson Bennett, for much of last season, but by the middle of the season when we saw JT Daniels, I think all of us were kind of scratching our eyes going, wait, what? Only JT Daniels had been healthy to play for the whole season. JT Daniels finished 67% completions over 1,200 yards passing, passing 10 touchdowns to two interceptions. Compare that to Stetson Bennett, who completed just 55% of his passes through for 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns with six interceptions. And, of course, Dewan Mathis, who was not very good in that opening game. How will it play out? Look, it's going to be JT Daniels' job. He just better repeat what he did down the stretch of this past season. And if he does, George is going to be in a really good spot next year. One glaring weakness for Kentucky, throw the ball. As their offense coordinator, Eddie Grand, leaves town, and the new OC Liam Cohen comes in. A lot of people expecting the Wildcats to throw the ball a lot more next year. Kentucky last passed for more than 188 yards per game. In 2015, that was before Eddie Grant arrived. 
And UK started a quarterback carousel that resulted in plenty of wins and rushing yards. Not much offensive balance. UK was last in the SEC in passing by more than 60 yards per game last year. I remember the year prior, they had Lynn Bowden, wide receiver, playing quarterback. If Liam Cohen can up that to, say, 200 yards passing per game, Kentucky could be a team to watch in the East. One glaring weakness for Mizzou, intercept some passes. The Tigers were one of the SEC's feel-good stories last year. Eli Drinkwitz, I thought, was really good, deserved of some SEC Coach of the Year votes. The Tigers ended up with just four interceptions last season. That was next to last in the SEC. Only Vanderbilt was worst. Mizzou's pass defense wasn't awful. They were eighth in the SEC, and the good news is that their defenders got their hands on a number of passes. They broke up 41 passes. Just didn't intercept very many, so that will likely be a focal point for the Mizzou defense under Steve Wilkes this offseason. One glaring weakness for South Carolina, stop the run. In the SEC, we know the tradition is you have to stop the run. Carolina was 13th in the SEC in rush defense, gave up almost 200 yards rushing a game. Also left Carolina vulnerable against the pass. Gave up 36 points per game, 12th in the SEC. Shane Beamer and new defensive coordinator Clayton White need to start the rebuild by stopping the run. One glaring weakness for Tennessee, where do we start? <laughs> they went with fix the culture. And look, you can say a million things here. Virtually the entire Tennessee program was a disappointment last year. From losing to NCAA issues, the problems run deep. Tennessee has to find the culture that built that program has to return to it and has to purge the program of all the bad news since Phil Fulmer's last good team back in 2007. If they don't, the lost decade and a half will turn into UT being basically Nebraska of the SEC. And lastly, Vanderbilt, how about establish the culture? Vandy was outgunned, outmanned, and incredibly likely to have a winless season last year. In the long term, how can it get better? Well, they bring in Barton Simmons, kind of an out-of-the-box out of thinking, to come help uh, run their department and oversee recruiting. They did have those years under James Franklin where they looked like they could be a really competent team in the SEC. But in a league that where Vandy's always last in spending, has the smallest stadium, one of the more weaker recruiting bases, they have to think outside the box. So... The Barton Simmons thing is interesting, and see if Vanderbilt and Coach Lee can turn things around. And that is one glaring weakness each SEC team must fix in 2021. Again, credit from our friends over at Saturday Down South, Joe Cox, writing that story, and uh, really, really good stuff. I'd uh, recommend you guys head over there and check out their stuff. Saturday Down South always has some really, really good articles, especially as we head into these off-season months of the SEC. They're going to have tons of stuff previewing uh, the upcoming season and what teams need to fix, what names to watch for, and tons of stuff throughout the SEC off-season. All right, when we return, we're going to take a quick look at the SEC basketball slate for tonight. Some big, big games to preview. Also, a quick look at the top 25 Baseball America. That's next. A quick minute here for our friends at rockauto.com. You need some parts? rockauto.com is the place to go. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to 
brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, whatever you need for your classic or daily driver, you can get it all just a few easy clicks delivered straight to your door at rockauto.com. Their catalog is unique, very easy to navigate. You can see all the parts available for your vehicle. You put in your make, put in your model, put in your year, find exactly what you need uh, right down to it. Look, why drive all the way across town to that auto parts store where you're going to be searching around for hours trying to find what you need when you go to rockauto.com and find exactly what you need. Look, I've done it before, folks. Go right there, find what you need, and then when it comes in, pull up to YouTube, find how do I install this part? Very easy to do, but very, very cheap. Uh, look, you can all get the always reliably low prices. Um, don't know why you would go across town and spend twice as much. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car and make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. A new year, a new you, and a new order of Built Bars, the best tasting protein bar ever. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. If you haven't done so before, just go check it out. I guarantee you're going to find something that you like. 18 amazing flavors, six new ones, the cookies and cream, my personal favorites. They are bars that are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Not that chalky, weird taste you get from some of those protein bars. I've seen them at the smoothie places. This is not like that. These are healthy, great if you're trying to lose or maintain some weight while indulge in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein. It's a lot better than going and grabbing that potato chips bag late in the afternoon looking for a uh, snack while you're at work. Go check them out right now. BuiltBar.com is the website, and when you find something you like, and I know you will, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. They host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all across the NFL, covering all the latest news and giving you all the breakdown that you need. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I was reading an article yesterday on how many SEC players are going to be playing in the Super Bowl. It's amazing when you just look at the two rosters of the Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, we've got a quarterback from Texas Tech in Patrick Mahomes and a quarterback from Michigan and Tom Brady, but a lot of those other spots, the crazy part is the running backs. I mean, when you think of running backs in the SEC the last handful of years, LSU's up there, but it's, you know, Georgia's put a lot in, but Alabama. I mean, Alabama's put a, a ton of guys, including Derrick Henry, who's basically led the league in rushing the last couple of seasons. But when I'm watching the those those games last weekend, is Leonard Fournette for Tampa Bay, and then Clyde Edwards-Elair and Darrell Williams for Kansas City. So three of the running backs we expect to see in the Super Bowl next week, all LSU running backs. So kind of a cool... Uh, thing there to see that for uh, for the Tigers, but look, I'm sure more, uh, we'll probably see Najee Harris <laughs> join the team very soon, and you know, between him and Derrick Henry, Alabama will have their fair share of uh, running backs 
doing big things as well in the SEC. All right, let's get into it. Four men's college basketball games tonight in the SEC. And we start with the first game on the docket tonight. 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. It is a monster one. I can't wait for this one. Kentucky taking on Alabama at Coleman Coliseum in Tuscaloosa. BetOnline.ag has Alabama at around an 8.5-point favorite. This line may move throughout the day. I think Alabama actually opened as an 8-point favorite, so moving even more in their favor. Looking at both teams where they stand, Kentucky, they're coming off a huge win over LSU on Saturday. They were on a three-game losing streak in the SEC, but Kentucky snaps that with the win over the Tigers. Alabama, they're, they're the lone undefeated team in the SEC, 8-0 in the conference, and they have won believe nine in a row at this point. Kentucky, they finally look like they were supposed to look shooting-wise, over around 43%, I believe. Brandon Boston led the way for them. He's averaging 12 points per game this year. For Alabama, their duo of John Petty and Jaden Shackelford, they have been nearly unstoppable. Look, Alabama's going to put up a ton of points. The question is, can Kentucky answer them? They've just not shot the ball very well from three this year. Didn't even shoot it that well against LSU last weekend, but don't count Kentucky out. If I had to bet one way or the other, I would say maybe it's one of those where Kentucky covers the spread. But Alabama, they've been so good all year long. Maybe they keep that undefeated streak alive. Also at 6 Central, 7 p.m. Eastern on SEC Network. Get 9-7 Mississippi State at 10-3 Tennessee. Mississippi State, they've lost two in a row, three of their last four. Two games ago, they scored a season-low just 46 points against Ole Miss. So Mississippi State kind of going the wrong way right now. DJ Stewart, he leads the way for the Bulldogs at 18 points per game. Tennessee, they've also lost two in a row at Florida and at home versus Mizzou. They dropped from being ranked 6th in the country last week to now 18th this week. So Tennessee's still a top-20 team. John Fulkerson leads the way for them. He's averaging 11 points and 6 rebounds a game. Two later games in the evening tonight, 8 o'clock Central, 9 Eastern on ESPN2. It'll be number 12th ranked Mizzou at 9-7 Auburn. Mizzou, they rank 12th in the country in the latest poll. They've won three in a row, including that big win at Tennessee over the weekend. Auburn, they started SEC play at 0-4, if you remember, but they have now won three of their last four, including a beatdown of South Carolina on Saturday. Xavier Pinson. Really hard to guard for Missouri. He's scoring over 14 points a game, while Alan Flanagan for Auburn, he's averaging the same, but he dropped 24 last time out in their win over South Carolina on Saturday. And your other later game tonight, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern on the SEC Network. It is 10-4 LSU at 7-6 Texas A&M at Reed Arena in College Station, LSU Around a four or five point favorite if you're looking at betonline.ag. LSU, they've lost two in a row. AM also has lost two in a row, four of their last five. Cam Thomas continues to be very impressive offensively for LSU. He's averaging just under 22 points a game. Emmanuel Miller, the guy to watch for AM, he leads them in points and rebounds, but feels like this is the bounce back spot for LSU after dropping two really while getting blown out by Alabama last week at home and then losing a tough one on the road at at Kentucky on Saturday. I know it's a road game, 
would expect LSU to get things going. It hasn't been their offense. Offense hasn't been the problem for the Tigers. It's been their defense. They're giving up a ton of points. Just wonder if A&M has the firepower to hang with them. So those are your games to watch for tonight in the SEC. And by the way, one quick note. I teased it earlier. The uh, SEC, or rather the Baseball America preseason top 25 came out. SEC baseball is right around the corner. And, man, it is loaded with SEC teams. Nine teams in the preseason top 25. That is the most of any conference, of course. But Baseball America's got Alabama coming in at 20, fought number 25, Tennessee at number 19, South Carolina at number 18, Arkansas 14th, and then your top 10 preseason baseball teams. You got LSU at number 10, Mississippi State at number 8, Vanderbilt at number 6. They have got some arms on that team. Ole Miss at number 4, and the Florida Gators at number one in the Baseball America preseason top 25 rankings. I'm glad, if you missed it last week, the SEC decided they're going to keep their non-conference games. And I heard one coach put it this way. They said, basically, you know, you're going to play around 56 games, you know, whatever it is. If we played only SEC teams, you realize how much we're going to be limiting how many SEC teams get into postseason play and into regional play because you're taking away – um, you know, the chance to get easy W. So you'd have a lot of teams sitting around 500 and they would miss out or, or below 500 rather because you're playing SEC on SEC every week. By keeping the non-conference games, you're able to give those, some of those teams, let's say you finish 500 in the SEC, but you won all your non-conference games. Well, you brighten up your resume a lot more, give yourself a better chance to get into a, a regional. So, Anyway, just some of the thinking. We're going to touch on a little bit once we get there of SEC baseball. I'm a big SEC baseball fan, if you hadn't noticed. But uh going to be a really fun year loaded with talent this year in the SEC. It typically is, but a lot of those kids who were freshmen last year who didn't really get a chance, only played a handful of games, a lot of those kids are back. Because in baseball, you got to stay three years once you come to college. So... Really, really loaded rosters across the SEC. It's going to be a fun year for SEC baseball. I'm Chris Gordy. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC.